This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Do people die during ayahuasca? I don't think they die, but I would wear a diaper. <laughs> wear a diaper and I would have a bucket to throw up in and I'd be like, good to go. You don't physically die, but it is social suicide. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Don't Tell Mom. I'm Hannah Dickinson. I'm here with Skylar Corby. What's up? What's up? Nothing. I spent the weekend watching my dog for my parents. Good. Yeah, they were at a wedding in Florida. My brother was in Savannah. I took mushrooms by myself. It's a little depressing to be at home, especially when my parents aren't here. I'm like, I'm not even spending time with my parents. Yeah, you're not even hanging out. It's not quality time. They abandoned you. Oh, I know. And my boyfriend wasn't texting me back this weekend because he was at a 30th birthday, which is fair, you know? So yeah. I was like, I almost want to download Tinder just so I can get some rapport going. Not even to like to talk up to. and have sex. I just want to like text. I guess this is what chat roulette is for. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> just join Clubhouse and go in there and share your thoughts. Make new online friends. Because <sighs> those are real things. <laughs> I just love being around people and I love talking. I feel like being an introvert is a cooler option. Mm-hmm. It's like I can exist on my own. I get energy from myself, not me. I need to have full-blown conversations with the cashier at fucking Whole Foods just to get my buzz. I drive myself insane because my anxiety is so bad. If I'm alone, I just wander off into, I don't know. It's actually a good way to put it. I used to think like I'm pretty introverted I'm extroverted definitely like I like talking to people I like being around people I love being alone and certain times I just need to recharge but if I'm sitting at home alone with my own thoughts that can't be a good thing like good things never come out of that whereas at least if I'm telling other people then everyone else has their stories I'm like oh we're all weird and fine and it's good but otherwise I just sit there and think I'm crazy I don't even know how it took me to the pandemic to realize I'm an extrovert because even when I would go on the road and do shows, I would always end up meeting with a weirdo and having a weird fucking night. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I could just go back to my room and watch a movie and go to bed. It was like, no, I have to go meet up with this local at a bar so we can maybe make out. I don't know. And I could hear about his sister. Like, I would like to think I'm an introvert, aka independent woman, but no, I fully need attention and someone else filling my mind with thoughts. Constantly. But constantly. I have a crazy bitch of the week. Oh, please. Did you hear that Bill Gates and his wife are gay divorced? Kids, speaking of millionaires, I would prefer to see billionaires. I just, and it's been like what, almost 30 years, like 27 years? 27 years. So sad. I feel like Bill Gates is like, all right, I got a few more years left in me to really start railing some strange and. I got <laughs> Sorry, Melinda, but this billionaire needs his now, question. And I know this is going to come up everywhere, but they have like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. What happens to that? Do they you- said they're going to continue with it. Okay. Yeah, that's going to continue. I mean, now Melinda Gates now has some competition because Mackenzie Bezos, you know, she came out and she's like, this is how much money I'm going to donate here and gave out all that money. And now it's like, what you got, Melinda? Let's yeah. see. Throw it down, Melinda. Pressure's on, bitch. You know, I used to uh, make out with Sam Palmer in college. Nice. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to name drop. It's the CEO of Microsoft, not Bill Gates, but the CEO, Steve Ballmer, his son and I used to make out in college. And I once sucked his dick in an elevator and he made me walk back with him the next day to make sure they don't have cameras. I was like, why do I have to check? doesn't matter if I get caught. No one knows who my family is. Also, my face is going to be covered. So also, yeah, they definitely do have cameras in elevators in all elevators. How the fuck do you think Jay-Z, Solange and Beyonce all got caught? Like of all the people that didn't want to get caught, it was them. And there was a camera in that elevator too. 
So yes. I know. He was like, God, do you think there were cameras in that elevator? And I was like, I fucking hope so. Because I knew I wanted to be a celebrity from I was gonna say it's like who do it's like, yeah, I fucking hope so. Where do you think they keep those tapes? Like, I'll go with you if we can break into the room and get that. Do you have anyone needs to email at TMZ? Do you know anyone? Anyone? Did he know your name? He spelled it wrong, but he knew it was Hannah. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, it was one of those where it was just like a drunken thing. And then one time he invited me to a formal, but he got so day drunk. He texted me. was like, hey, I can't go to this formal. I'm, I got way too drunk and I'm throwing up. My friends all went to the formal. He was fucking there. So great. And he's I getting married to... and he's getting married. So you know, there's hope for all of us or no, I don't know. No, there's hope for all of us. I had that happen to me too, where a guy invited me to a formal in Nashville, I think. And then texted me a couple days before. And he's like, hey, actually, like it was some academic thing or something. He's like, I'm not allowed to go. The fraternity won't let me go. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But like, I was more disappointed that he was too stupid to go to formal than like anything else. And then no, three days, like after that weekend, pictures popped up and he was at formal with a different girl who is way less cute than I was. So I was more mad about that than anything, but none of my friends were invited to this formal. So it was less of a loss because I'm like, well, I was going to go with him, which in hindsight would have been a bad decision, obviously anyway, but it was more just like the pride thing where you're like, what? I know. I really wish I had therapy in college for that reason. Like anytime I was felt really sad, it was never because I liked them. It was because my ego was bruised. If I had just had someone telling me it's not about you, this kid's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I probably would have slept with like my number would have been cut in half. (laughs) I would have just, yeah, I would have just felt if I had had a me now just being like, fucking relax. It's not that big of a deal. This kid is gross. He has a weird face. Like you'll be fine. And then now 10 years later, I'm like, I am fine. It's okay. Um, okay. So one thing I've, I've been doing, you know, this weekend, cause I haven't had any fucking thing to do. Uh, you know, Zola is completely open. What is Zola? It's a wedding red- registry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they have, you know, their photos and their story and the event and the address. I'm like, this is dangerous. Yeah. Wow. And so I just kind of type in names and look at people's registry. And this weekend I found this couple's registry. I didn't write down the name, which is annoying, but on their registry, they just had a honeymoon fund and a house fund. So people could pay for their mortgage or pay for their house, Hmm. which I found very odd. It's like, you know what? If you can't afford to buy a house, you probably shouldn't be having a wedding, right? Yeah, just have a very small wedding so that you can- I understand the honeymoon thing. I've seen that and that's fine. Like, I don't mind that, but- Yeah, the honeymoon thing makes sense. You can tell which couples have lived together before they're engaged because they're like, just a honeymoon fund or I've seen a piano, which I'm like- Yeah, or it'll be like, just get us the nicer version of this shit so we can finally throw what we've had since college away. That's how I am. All my wine glasses are stemless and have a saying on them because I'm like, what the fuck do I care? Like, no, anyone who comes to my apartment just knows that that's what's going to be here. Yeah, I think I drank out of like a Six Flags cup when I was at your place. Definitely. <laughs> you did. do have a, a quite an eclectic group of Yeah, and that's, they were all free or super cheap. And I don't want the nice things until someone else is buying them for me. That that's makes sense. That reason. I don't, like if I were to buy a house or like a car or something, I'm like, no, that's on me. Like, thank you guys for coming. I'll take care of the rest of my life from here. Yeah, it's also kind of weird because how much money do you need to buy that house? So like if a bunch of people donate to your housing fund and then you don't, reach the right amount you're right. like so what happened to that house like what happened to that money I guess you just yeah it's I like just, a GoFundMe it's like did we make it or like a Kickstarter it's like if you don't make your goal <laughs> what exactly happens here what is where does the money go yeah exactly and a sick part of me would be like I fucking paid for that house yeah. <laughs> every time I drove by I'd be like oh nice house the one I paid for I'm really glad that you stayed with the standard issue doorknobs though I like your curtains not my favorite and as someone who's invested in this home please take them down that's something I would have chosen if I were buying it oh wait (laughs) I fucking did (laughs) one thing I did find on registries is an ice cream scooper which those are a necessity my parents have one I've been scooping ice cream like I fucking was born in a Baskin Robbins. <laughs> I'm like, it's so nice. And the curve that you get in the ice cream, it literally makes all the difference in the world. Cause then you have scoops of ice cream as opposed to half cloves that are like flat fucking little 
half moons. I was going to say the flat half moons. And you can't catch as many sprinkles. Like if you really (laughs) pour sprinkles on like scoops of ice cream, they really take to the ice cream. Anyway, this is my reason. Sponsored and I don't know it. (laughs) This is sponsored by my fat ass because I love (laughs) ice cream scoopers and I can't believe that people don't have them regularly. Like I know no one my age with an ice cream scooper, but it is fucking life-changing. I mean, that's why they're on all those registries. Everyone's like, well, I'm not going to buy this, but I have heard that it's quite the game changer. The fact that you have sprinkles in your house is also really impressive. Your parents just have it all. We don't have milk, but we have sprinkles. Okay. We have a weird house. Like we have all crackers, no spreads. It's, it's upsetting. My, I mean, my parents have 15 different kinds of like bread products in their house at any given time. But then like you go to try to just have something for breakfast. It's impossible. I know my mom used to buy me a lot of yogurt until I had a self-discovery that I hate yogurt. Hmm. It's like not ice cream. And it's not frozen yogurt. It's just this like wet goo. It, it feels like I'm tasting like a vanilla lotion. See, I used to not be up on yogurt because of the texture, but I got into it because I don't drink milk at all. So I think I realized that I'm like, my bones are going to snap in half. I'm going to be like Sally Field in an osteoporosis commercial very soon. So I needed to find a different source of calcium. So I don't mind it anymore, but I, I get that. In high school, my mom used to make me drink a glass of whole milk every single night. Never broke a bone. Also was never asked to prom. I do think there was a correlation. (laughs) But it was kind of nice. If you have a cold glass of whole milk, it was just so refreshing. But now the thought of drinking that actually makes me want to gag. No, that sounds disgusting to me. But I enjoyed it with a cup of chili. (laughs) How disgusting. (laughs) I would eat a cup of chili and a glass of whole milk and be like, nom, 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 nom. Oh my God. Your digestive system is just made of steel. I mean, not really. (laughs) I think I had a friend over for dinner once and then she like alerted the crew and no one ever wanted to come for dinner. She's like, yeah, they eat like fucking fighter dogs over there. (laughs) Like they're about to get a fucking dog fight. Um... Okay, well, should we get into the episode? Yeah. Our guest today is a very funny comedian out of New York. He told me, last time I talked to him, he told me he had three girlfriends at the beginning of COVID. I was like, you gotta come on the podcast. We gotta hear how you juggle this shit. And then, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was fun to talk to him. Yeah. Um, Our guest today is Khalid Rahman. When did I see you? Was it? You were at uh, Arrogant Swine for that, um, that comedy show that was in like the barbecue place. Oh, because I remember you went up and you were like, yeah, you went up, you did, um, you did great stuff. You did like a herpes, herpes material that was like original and very funny. Oh, yeah, I was really into it. Well, because at that time it was the winter and you were like, yeah, I've had three girlfriends. And I'm like, how does that, how does that even happen? First of all, yeah. now what's your body count? Now that we're like, oh, are we, are we recording? Yeah, now oh, we're yeah. in. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if you wanted to be to record a separate track or anything like that. Okay. So right now, where am I at? Right now, I am, uh, one of the things I came to realize during pandemic is that your boy is Polly. There's no doubt about it. Just years and years of trying to fit into these, like, just regular, just, you know, exclusive relationships, always cheating. I mean, woo, cheating up you a storm. You were always a cheater? I was always. I mean, the, the only, the last two girlfriends I had are the first ones I didn't, like, do any cheating or any shadiness at all. But I wanted to the whole time. What makes you want to just that it's just like, I'm bored or? Oh man, it's, I don't, it's hard. It's hard to even say like, I don't know. I, I just always felt uh, restless uh, in these relationships. I never felt like secure in them and wanting to just keep them as like a one-on-one thing. And I was, but I would always try to force myself into that because I'm like, that's how it's supposed to be, you know? And I think I just kind of realized after this last relationship didn't work out that that's just not who I am. Do you get jealous of other people? You don't. No, I don't get jealous. No, I'm I'm like very, very, like a very easygoing, not jealous boyfriend always have been. So I don't know. I just, I think this is like one of the many things I learned about myself during the pandemic that's like, was really is that important. your Polly? When we all have to separate, <laughs> you're like, I realized I was Polly when I was supposed to be seeing no one. 
at all. (laughs) This is the easiest time for you to be not cheating. And yet you've discovered you can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, my, like one of my two exes from like the beginning of the pandemic, we, we become friendly again and we like hang out once in a while. And she's like, don't think that I don't tell me and my friends don't joke around about the guy that broke up with me because he wanted to have an open relationship during a global pandemic. <laughs> it's like, don't think that's not a running joke amongst my crew. I'm like, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I love when people add that. That's just to make someone else feel worse. In a pandemic, you're still just mad about the cheating. Let's be real. You know what that's like? That's like when you break up with someone and they're like, on my half birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, I've heard of people being like, I'm poly, but I've never heard the reason why, you know, like people are like, I'm poly. And I'm like, no, you just haven't found someone you like enough to stay with them. But you're saying you liked all these girls and you just get sick of them. Well, here's the thing. So I think that one thing I've realized about this whole poly deal, and I had always been very skeptical of this myself, but the more I've like read about different like alternative relationship structures and shit is that. It's very rare that you find someone long term who actually works out for you and you want to just be with them. Like almost everyone I know is a child of divorce. You know what I mean? Like most of the relationships I know of that are long term are not happy relationships. They're just not. And so it's not crazy to me that you could have different people who fulfill different sides of what you need from like a romantic relationship. And it doesn't mean you don't care about them equally or you don't care about them a lot. It just means like you have different shapes of relationships. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, look, I know a couple of people who are like kitchen table poly and like all hang out together. That to me is a bit much, but like, I think it's totally reasonable to be with different people and just get different things fulfilled that way. Yeah, I guess it's like going to the candy store. You get your like Swedish fish and your chocolate and you just throw it in a bag and you're set to go. (laughs) Exactly. But so now do you think your dating pool is smaller now that you're a poly? You know, I thought that initially, but there's a lot of people out there who are poly. And because there's such like a stigma against like dating different people and having like alternative ways of like living in this way, a lot of people are just really quiet about it and like feel shamed. They're not out to their parents about it. Uh, I'm about to do that. I'm about to come out to my parents as like a poly person because <laughs> it's just going to be weird if I don't. You know what I mean? Like just bringing different women sometimes around. Like, so I just want to be like, yo, ma, this is how it is. I have several girlfriends. What of it? You know, that's so funny. I never thought of that to come out as poly because you have to be like, hey, I'm sticking it in in multiple locations and you have to <laughs> all of them and learn all their names. Remember I mean, all those yeah. birthdays. Yes. And I was thinking about this because like I am in a few relationships right now and there's a couple of them that I think could end up becoming like lifelong relationships. So I got to like make sure that I'm integrating people into my life in a way that's like authentic and respectful. And the way to do that is to not have them be a secret. Yeah, that's true. Some people say that cheating, the reason why people cheat is the thrill, the secret of it and going behind someone's back. And you're like, that's not, you're saying that's not why you like it. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was cheating, when I was in like, what were supposed to be exclusive relationships and I was cheating, I was doing so out of like this desperation and feeling like I was restrained and this is not what I should be doing. But now that I'm just seeing different people, I don't look at it as like some like, ooh, like dirty thing that turns me on. I'm just like, no, it just kind of feels natural. Yeah. How, how quick into a relationship would you start cheating? I had a bunch of like, like four month, five month things. And then Mm. I would like cheat and like, it would break up for whatever reason. I wouldn't even get caught. Sometimes I just like break up with them. It just, it wasn't good. It was one of those deals where I just could never keep it real with someone. Yeah. I actually have a friend like that who played me like a fiddle and I was Mm. so pissed. And now I'm like, maybe I should give him that book you read. (laughs) I mean, you're legitimizing being poly because I got to be honest before this, I was like, mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm just a jealous person. So for me, I would get so jealous if I was dating someone who's dating other people. And yeah. I think that would be part of my high is like chasing them around, you know? <laughs> Let me see the roster that I'm on. They all <laughs> see, that's I'm the thing. Seeing... I feel like I would yeah. need to be one of the kitchen table ones because I'm like, I want to know who's in this because yeah. I, would be I would be so concerned with the idea. I'm like, well, who are the other ones? Like, I would still be the crazy person, even if I was trying to be chill. And like in that moment where I'm like, no, I completely agree. We can all have different people for different feelings and like different needs, but 
what am I not doing? And then I would be that person regardless. <laughs> you know, it's so not- hard. It makes sense. Like we definitely have these like kind of competing instincts, I think, inside of ourselves. We want to have everything. We want to have like that person who's your friend and your lover and like your joke around buddy. But like some people just, most people just don't fall into that everything like bucket for everyone. So I think this is just a solution to that. But also like, I definitely rec- uh, understand how the, the jealousy thing could be a deal. Cause I started, one of the women I'm seeing is Puerto Rican. And she was like, uh, it's very, very, very rare for my people to be doing this. Just so you know, like <laughs> you should feel privileged because my girlfriends think this is insane. They're hot blooded Puerto Rican women who would not like deal with this bullshit. But I like, she's like, but it's just for me. Cause she also is a uh, poly and, you know, she just like, she's like, it's all I've just kind of always been that way. My family thinks I'm crazy, but this is how I am. Yeah. How do you come out to your parents saying that? Yeah. I got to ask her for some advice because I need to know how to do that too. I don't think it'll be a big, big deal, to be honest. My mom is like surprisingly chill about like everything. Like it was a big deal when my, my, my mom was younger. My uncle started dating my now uh, aunt Juanita because she was like the first like non-black person to like marry into the family. So my mom was always super cool with it, even though other people in the family weren't. And then when I started dating and I was dating like the whole rainbow and I would bring like these like blonde haired Swedish looking girls home. My mom was just like, oh, okay." Like she had (laughs) no she got I remember the the only thing she ever said to me was like, never bring a woman home who doesn't respect me. (laughs) (laughs) How am I supposed to know they don't respect you? First date. How do you feel about my mom? Yeah. I, f- I think I'm like a recovering fuckboy because of like, and this is, and it, I recovered from fuckboyness by accepting this poly thing, which sounds very strange, but I think that's how it is. Like, you, I was are just- Are you ever afraid that fuckboys are going to like delegitimize being poly? Because I feel like I know a few people that would jump on board, but like, oh shit, we can like use this as an excuse. All right. Like, oh yeah, I'm poly too. And then you're like, no, no, but no, that, wait. But that's the whole thing. Like fuckboys are not being straight up and honest ever. Yeah. Not with themselves, not with the women they're seeing. They're just cheating and lying the whole time. They're like, yeah, baby, you're my only one. And they got five girlfriends. Whereas you're Polly, you're just like open, like from the very first date, like, hey, I date different people. Do you want to ask questions about that? Okay, here's what that looks like. And then you get into it. Like, that's how my my lady friend who I was talking about earlier, who's uh, the Puerto Rican one, she brought it up to me on the first date. She was like, so ethical non-monogamy let's talk about it and I was like okay okay it was great so then do you find these people on is there a poly site okay here is a very contentious thing so I (laughs) I this is an embarrassing thing that I do I will like on a regularly scheduled uh, time write angry emails to hinge and bumble and oh and um there's another one that's also like not very friendly hinge bumble I guess those are the two that I would really write them in. But but also sometimes I've written to uh, Tinder. They don't make it very easy for people who have like non-traditional relationship structures because they don't have it listed like OkCupid does in the things you can check off. It just makes it easier to sort people. It just makes it easier to not waste people's time and they won't do it for some reason. And I think it honestly, I think it's kind of like heteronormative and, and backwards because like a lot of relationship structures that are not standard are like queer relationship relationships. And so it's kind of like unfriendly to those communities to not do that. But you do mostly meet people online to answer your question. So like, yeah, and and people are good about, people who are are non-monogamous are good about usually putting it in their profile up top so that she'll know. Um, And Hinge, you have to kind of write it in one of the blurbs. In Bumble, same thing, you have to write it in your summary. But in OkCupid, you can just check it off. And they have all different like like arrangements on there you can like check off about yourself, which is great. Yeah, I do actually think that Hinge and Bumble should have that because I think it's fair for someone to be like, I don't want to date someone who's poly because I'm like, for me, I'm like, I'm a jealous person. This would be a nightmare. Like, I'll be an asshole to you. Let's not even go there. I know. Yeah, you're someone's gonna have a drink thrown on them. So let's just avoid that. (laughs) So they should have that because I have seen poly people write it in their hinge and I'm like, I'll go through their stuff and I'm like, oh, this person seems great. And then I'm just like, oh, no. It's also been good for me to come to this realization because I realized a couple of years ago that I just was on a bad path with like getting too messy within comedy. That was a big problem because I was, I was, and still I'm a flirt, but I don't like mess around within comedy anymore or like try to like mess around within comedy. It's a good like block for me because like you don't want to be 
poly, but also dating coworkers. It's just like not a good move. You're like, I mean, I asked Hannah, I asked you out. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this girl's really cute. She's new to the scene. Let me like come and like go on a date with this like pretty funny new girl. And I'm like, I stopped doing that altogether because it's just messy. Like, these are your coworkers. You know what I mean? Like, no one is going to a mic or to a show to meet someone. So like the, I kind of embraced that. And now like, I feel like I have a lot better like lifestyle because of it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I came from LA, so I had dated comedians and I told you, I was like, I'm just not, uh, it's always gets too messy, but I have to say, as far as comedians, like making a move, you did it in the most respectful way. You just sort of like, Hey, uh, if you want to go out, it'd be great. And then I told you and you're like, no worries. See you around. And they're still very friendly. Whereas yeah. other comedians, I feel like they won't ask me out or they wouldn't ask me out. They would just like make a weird move. So that's so stupid. Why would you do that with like literally a coworker? That's so crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, I know it's at night and it's like there's drinking and it's fun, but it's like these are still people you're going to see all the time as long as you're all doing comedy. Yeah. But when I lived in LA and first started comedy, I hooked up with a comedian. And then he said at a mic that I was at, he only hooks up with comedians. This is after we hooked up. He said he only hooks up with comedians if he doesn't think they're going to make it. Ooh. And I was like, that is so fucking rude. And I that's just, insane. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, my God. Like, I hope that like this is the person who you see and you just silently curse them and like wish like. <laughs> well, I <laughs> mean, he's actually them. doing very well. And uh... oh, <laughs> yeah, but he lives in LA, so I never see him. I mean, I, I had some like a few come to Jesus moments on this whole <laughs> like dating within the community thing. One was just very funny to me now was that I this is like really shitty. I wanted to like be around this one girl more. So I did book her on one of my shows. Oh my God, you are creepy. Wow. Here's the primarily because of that. But also, I also did think that she had a lot of potential and was like funny and like, because I would always give spots to people who were like just starting out who I thought had some potential, even though, the sh you know, there were people who were like much better on the show, but I always wanted to give at least one or two spots to a new person who was just funny, male or female. But I felt bad about that fact that it's, I knew it started partially because I just wanted to be around her and booked her on the show and get to like, gain her favor kind of thing. And what's funny is about it is she has now surpassed me. And I was right. She's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so <laughs> it feels good to know that I knew somebody was going to be really, really funny. Even though I was a little creepy, I also booked someone who legitimately should have been on the show and was turned out better than every other comic on the show, including myself. Well, go. it's funny you say that because I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? I have booked guys I think are cute. I'm like, I don't know if I've seen their comedy, but they're hot. So I don't know why I just called you. Um, but I think there's also a difference between and if you and if you thought she was funny, it's like that makes a little more sense. Also, it's like I would hope you'd be more attracted to someone if they were funny. Like some people yes. I see date comedians who are legitimately not funny at all. There's a Broad City episode about it. She goes to the improv show and watches him be so bad. She can't have sex with him. He's so hot but she keeps thinking about his improv performance. And I can't watch someone bomb and then be like, yeah, let's go home together. Yeah, no. Mm, and not even just bombing it. if it's bad. This is how you know that men are worse people because let's be honest, there are quite a few established male comedians who date female comedians who are not funny. And not because they're women, because they're just not fucking funny. And I'm like, how do you lie to her? How? Why do you do this? This is wrong. And I see the inverse also because now again, like more women are coming up and like doing well. I'll see women who are killing it dating these fucking garbage comics. And I'm like, you're lying to him every day <laughs> that you stay. But I wonder if that makes them feel better too. Like uh, I had a friend tell me once that I hang out with crazy people, like people without boundaries who are crazier than me, just to make myself <laughs> feel better about how crazy I am. So maybe yeah. someone who's dating a bad comedian is like, yeah, I bombed tonight, but, you know, my boyfriend's also on the show, so it'll be fine at the end. Could be worse. <laughs> yeah, could be worse. Everyone has that one couple within the community who you see and just like, how does, how, how does this continue to happen? This is so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Big mismatch between them. You're like, this is not going to last. Yeah. The guy I'm dating was like, you know, I, I could do stand up. And then he told me this bit he had. Oh. And uh, we didn't have sex that night. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the one thing that is that's a legitimate, really big, annoying thing. I must imagine about being a woman comic, because every fucking guy thinks they're at least a little bit, if not very funny. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the guy I'm dating is funny, but he's not. Stand up is so different. People who think they're funny and are like, oh, I could do stand up. It's like, probably not. It's also like not a natural thing to want to do. Yeah. Like most the biggest fears people have are public speaking and like, you know, <laughs> it's like public speaking and deaf. <laughs> like people yeah. are like, yeah. yeah, I could do that. It's like, no, you couldn't. I know my I was at dinner with my friend or boyfriend. Her boyfriend said something really funny. And then we moved on with the conversation. He like didn't write it down, didn't pull out his phone to tweet it. I was like, that must be such a good feeling to be like, yeah, I just killed at this dinner. And uh, now I'm going to go on to my, <laughs> with my life, life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and feel yeah. good about it. Whereas I'm like, oh, I killed at dinner. I'm going to write all this down and go try to do it in a room full of people and then bomb for six months with it and feel yep. worse about everything I've ever said. <laughs> yep. So then with your poly community, like, I guess it would make it easier to tell jokes because you're like my girlfriend and no one will know who you're talking about because you've got four of them. <laughs> exactly. That's, you got, you've gotten to the bottom of my scheme. That's exactly why I'm dating so many people. No, it is it's like fun. I, I still haven't really figured out how to talk about being poly or if that's something I even want to talk about because I think it's hard to relate to for the average person. And yeah. like, it's already hard enough to make people laugh without doing something that is not relatable. But uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's for me, baby. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think it would be cool if you could talk about it and explain it because I think there is not a stick. I don't want to say stigma, but I don't, I disagree. I think it is a negative stigma. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause well, it's also like, there's like kind of the shade people will throw at you. So like I, I have one friend who now kind of, who now gets it, but at first he, uh, he assumed it was just about sex. He's like, Oh, so how many women are you having sex with? I'm like, well, I'm like actually dating them. And like, sometimes we go on dates, we don't have sex, but if you want to re- kind of put it that way, you know what I mean? It's like very like kind of insulting. People have a very negative connotation about it. So I think it is a stigma, especially when you're hiding something from your family that automatically tells you that's not like approved of, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, that must get expensive if you're buying all these women dinners. I mean, I'm a kind of, I'm very traditional, like in terms of early on, like I just like pay for the first few dates. I do like it when there's like a, a reach on like a second or third date, like let me uh, throw in on this. Uh, but if there's not, I don't like bug out about it. But pretty quickly, you do kind of like start to fall into just splitting it. I think women who are poly are just automatically like, let's just split this because they just are, are used to that kind of dynamic. Interesting. I guess if it's not just about sex, it's like, because you're saying there are sides there are things you're looking for and one person doesn't always have it all. So it's kind of just like mm-hmm. you think of like sex in the city and those four girls have very distinct personalities. It's like different personality types then. Right. Or how do you well, describe it? How do you describe it? I definitely do have lady friends who have very different personalities, but no one who is no one who's very extreme. There's, I don't, I don't date in the extreme people. Mm-hmm. So that is the one thing that's I think kind of interesting because I don't look for like radical differences. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have this fantasy when I first started of being like, I would like one of the girls who I date to be super into like watching sports. And that has not happened at all. None of, none of them are into it. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. And are your parents still married? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a comedian. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, my parents are still married. I'm a comedian. But happily. I'm just yes, it's crazy. <laughs> That's why I think I'm fucked up on the other end. Every time That's I meet so someone. Wild. That's I know. so wild. They're like, I, you know, when you first see them and I'm, I'm like looking around like no one here. And so I think <laughs> I have this thing in my mind where I'm like the person I'm going to marry, I'm going to meet immediately. I'm going to know immediately. And then we're going to be married forever. But that's just not the reality. No, but it's also such a different generation too. Yeah. like. We just look at things a lot different. Like most of the weddings I went to, people were 38, 37. I mean, everyone's just like putting it off for as long as possible. Exactly. They're like, you get to spend the rest of your life together. It's like, yeah, because we're halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like, oh, I'm 22 out of college. We're bumping this baby. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Are your parents remarried? Oh my God. So I I have a whole family saga. So my parents split up when I was six. Uh, and then within like a year and a half, they both had married other people and started like to get new families going, you know? Mm. So that was, I don't know, but making matters worse is that they both picked like the same type of terrible person to marry. (laughs) (laughs) Like my, my step-parents are both the same monster, which is so weird to me because my parents, I guess it makes sense. My parents are both like very caring, empathetic, outgoing people. And they married like very stern 
um, withholding like drill sergeant type people who like kind of fed off of their goodness. It was really, really sick. And that, the, good, the good, good news for me, they only spent a good 18 years with them and then got divorced. Oh my God. They didn't split up in time for me to have a good childhood, but they are now doing well, which is nice. And, they, and my mom's, my mom is, uh, was dating a really nice man for a couple of years. And my dad is remarried now to a wonderful woman. So like they both kind of like are in a happy place now. Good. So were you the only child from your parents' marriage? Yeah. My parents didn't get married. They were, I found out from my grandmother when she was drinking the booze uh, one day when I was hanging out with her, I was like a teenager and she got drunk and told me that my dad had actually had actually asked my mom to marry him. But my mom said no, because she didn't want to move overseas. My dad was starting a job working for the State Department. We would have been traveling with him and like kind of live this overseas life. My mom didn't want that. But I always I didn't know that. I always thought my mom, my dad just like said peace out and decided to like career first and look and took off. So like shock, like kind of rocked my, my whole world apart. Oh, so your parents weren't even married then? They weren't married, no. So then do you think, like, you know, as far as sexuality, people who are gay are born gay, like, you yeah. know, whatever. But do you think poly, it's nature over nurture? Or do you think someone's... I think people have to be genetically predisposed. I really do. Because it just seems to me like a lot of times, like, there's things that I find that are, tend to be kind of linked. I also found that a lot of people I've met, women who I met who are poly, also don't want kids. And I don't want kids either. So I think it has to be tied together some kind of like physical thing because you have to have a certain level of, I guess, kind of detachment, but also you can't have that jealousy. And for the most part, it's harder to have family and have kids and stuff. So I, I think those two things might be linked. Yeah, that makes sense. Some people, you know, they'll say once a cheater, always a cheater. And maybe it's like, no, maybe they're just poly. I, I totally think that a lot of people who are in these like dishonest cheating relationships are poly and don't want to admit to themselves because of the social stigma. And they'll just continue in their same pattern of just cheating on all their partners because they have to like fit in, even though they're completely doing dirt the whole time. That's There's kind of the how social I feel stigma, but cheating is fine. <laughs> yeah, yes, because you're not it's getting like, caught. Don't be poly. It's so like, don't be poly. Instagram one woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's wow. it's so backwards. It's like I'm not going to be poly. That's disgusting. I'm just going to cheat all the time. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I think you can be. That does probably indicate that they're poly. But I think also a couple of my friends were just dating assholes. Like they would be so controlling of them, but then also be cheating on them the whole time. And I think that's where poly gets hard because I do think there are men out there who are just pieces of shit and women too. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I guess Skylar said earlier, delegitimizing Polly by just being an asshole. I mean, I'm sure there's guys who are Polly, but still cannot resist the urge to just lie to women they're seeing, which is so crazy to me. But that is the kind of like instinct that an asshole would just have. But I, I just think it will be better for everyone if we can get to a place where we just kind of admit that long-term monogamous relationships are very, 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 very difficult, if not impossible for most people yeah. as the numbers kind of lay out and we just kind of adapt to a different way of doing things. <laughs> I'm just thinking about my friends. I'm like, it would be tough to try to convince them not to have a wedding. They have Pinterest set up since they were like. Well, I mean, there's no it. saying you can't do that. Like one of the women I'm seeing is married and she opened up her relationship uh, last year and she seems pretty happy. Like we talk about her husband and plans they have and things they do together. And it's pretty nice. And he's just open to it. Does he, is he involved with other women as well? Uh, right now, I don't think he is, but I think he definitely does date other women. Yeah, I feel like that would be an interesting thing where it's like, can you have an open relationship where only like the relationship is open, but only one person is poly in it. And the other one's like, I'm cool with this, but you're the only person I really want to be with. Like, I don't know. That, that has work? been a harder thing for friends of mine. Like I have one friend who was kind of like my Sherpa into learning about this stuff. And he's been like poly forever. And like he has rules and like, you know, it's important to have like rules and a code of how you do things. Yeah. And he's just like, anytime he's dated a woman who at first uh, was just kind of like, I'll try this. It just didn't work. He yeah. just needed to date someone who's kind of like committed to like, this is just my lifestyle and how I am. Right. Yeah, because I think, people will fold at the beginning because they like them. They're like, I can try it because I like them enough. And then reality sets in and they're like, this is not what I want for my life. Yeah, exactly. So and that, and that kind of happened uh, in both of my pandemic relationships early on. 
just kind of like, yeah, I'll try this. And then they were just like, I don't, I don't know if we can ever actually do this. This is not good. Wait, when did you realize that? Like, re- it was recent then, right? That you were like, I'm home. Yeah, it's only been since like, probably late last summer. Wow. And I was, you know, really in the tail end of what was like a really good relationship, actually, but it had only lasted like a few months, maybe like five months. And um, I just kind of realized like, yeah, I can't do this. And was she shocked when you were like, I don't want to do this anymore? No, because we, we talked about it from the very beginning that I would like for us to have an open relationship. Um, she said she'd like to start with it close and then build up trust and respect and then reopen like discussions of it later on. But the problem we did was we did we never discussed what later on meant. Mm. And then one day we were talking about it just randomly on this trip. And she was like, yeah, you know, when I say like, you know, a period of time, a period of monogamy, I, I was thinking anywhere from like one year to two years. And I was like, <laughs> I was shocked. I was completely taken aback and kind of like, that's a like, marriage. That's a marriage. <laughs> yeah, I was like, was I don't just- think this is what I had in mind. And that kind of was uh, a seed that led to the beginning of the end. Yeah. And do you live alone? Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, I was going to say that would make it easier, especially yeah. in a pandemic. Oh, my God. I, I finally got my own place actually during the pandemic. My life got it's so suck, sucky to say, but my life got way better during the pandemic. It really fucking did. It was a terrible time for the planet and a great time for your boy. You I go. mean, I got a steady, awesome remote day job that lets me do comedy. Uh, I got my own place after 20 years having roommates. I realized I was poly. Now I'm dating these wonderful women. It's been a really good year. I hate saying that, but it's been a really good year for this guy. I have a, actually have a few friends saying this is the best year of their life, but I think it's because they haven't had to go to work and you haven't had to see people you don't like. And- I've also been happier without like a lot of the negative things that came with stand up. I know we like talked the- about that over DM. It's like, do yeah. we, we want to do stand up? Not really. Yeah, it's one of those hard things, though, because I, you know, what, just like you, I'm completely crazy. I'll be like, I don't do I even want to do stand up. And then the next moment, literally, I can't believe I'm not booked in this show. Who do they think they are? And then I close Instagram angrily. I'm the same Same way, same person. (laughs) Oh, when I said when I said you're completely crazy before, not a pejorative. Some of my favorite people are completely crazy. I listen to your podcast. (laughs) So I listen to the pod. I know what I'm dealing with. (laughs) <laughs> and again, these are, again, people who like have a little little wackiness going on are some of my favorite people because that means they are like more in touch with life in a lot of ways. You know, I've been taking a lot of mushrooms, which has helped me have, a, <laughs> I think I've realized my mortality, which is why I'm so sad. But um, yeah, I think I'm it's doing, good. I'm doing mushrooms, hopefully DMT and ayahuasca this summer. Have you done any of them before? No, I'm crazy. Oh Where are you going to do <laughs> ayahuasca? One of my, my lady friends has a connection to like super hippie dippy people who like do these ceremonies in the woods and your boy is going. I had a boss who did it and she told me she shit her pants. <laughs> yeah, you had, a lot of people shit their pants apparently no, because you, well, you <laughs> I don't really definitely know. Throw up. God? You definitely throw up. Uh, there's a lot of seeing God that happens. A lot of people see like a puma or something. Uh, and yeah, I guess like you better have a diaper on deck. What can I say? Do people die during ayahuasca? I don't think they die, but I would wear a diaper. <laughs> wear a diaper and I would have a bucket to throw up in and I'd be like, good to go. You don't physically die, but it is social suicide. So yeah. <laughs> your yeah. ego completely gone. <laughs> Truly. Wait, so you're doing mushrooms, ayahuasca, and DMT. Are those with each of your girlfriends? <laughs> like each of my girlfriends kind of has their own little drug habit. I mean, those are my, those are my goals. I don't know if all, all three will happen this summer. I guess it depends on how like the first one goes. I'm definitely going to start with mushrooms, a very like light kind of not too crazy compared to like, I guess, DMT and ayahuasca more intense. Maybe there's some pooping myself, uh, but uh, yeah, this summer, that's the goal. I do think because mushrooms are illegal in DC. So that's why I've been taking them so much. And the guy I'm dating was like, you need to stop taking mushrooms on a weekly basis. I Googled it and it's like, the side effects, they're trying to treat depression and um, PTSD with it because it's it does bring you... I have only did ecstasy once and it, I don't really think it worked. I really think it was straight meth. I didn't feel that <laughs> elated feeling, but I do feel yeah. that like that from mushrooms. But because it's not a pill, I don't have like a hangover from it the next day. So I like to think of it as not a real drug, but I've been told <laughs> otherwise. But Google didn't say... They just said they don't have enough research on it to know long-term effects. 
Sure. So I'll be the first. I'll be the scientific <laughs> body that is like, don't take this. I'm now. You're the guinea pig. Yeah, it's exactly. like, oh, we figured it out. But I do think, I don't know how, I, what is ayahuasca exactly? Okay, it is a plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think DMT is the active ingredient in like the plant. And like, so DMT is more purified, but ayahuasca, like, they make this tea, this very strong tea from this psychedelic plant. And it kind of takes you to a different like spirit realm. And you see like all these like, I don't know, visions and like realizations about your life. I started learning about it because I listened to Neil Brennan's podcast and he's become like the, like the ayahuasca guy. Like he has an ayahuasca nickname, Spirit Padre, which I think is fucking hilarious. That is funny. <laughs> and he uh, he like really like preaches like how much has helped him with his depression, like lifelong crippling depression is like completely turned him around in a lot of ways. I know. Plus, you probably lose a few pounds. I mean, I had a colonic. And if I could come out of that more positive, let's do mm. it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I do think there's something about it being a natural it coming from a plant that makes yeah. it less scary. Like with ecstasy and like cocaine and, you know, all these drugs, it's like they're chemicals that someone just is making in a factory and you don't know what's going in them. Whereas with mushrooms and DMT and I guess, yeah, ayahuasca, it's like they're probably not lacing it with anything if they're wearing, you know, (laughs) they're beating on a drum. You know, they're very (laughs) serious about it. My only my only concern is I don't want to do it with a white guy with dreadlocks. I was just going to (laughs) say, I can't, I can't with the white dudes with dreadlocks. I cannot. And this seems like the kind of thing that is rife with white dudes with dreadlocks. For sure. So you're going to go in New York. You're going to do this ayahuasca. Uh, I think they have it. Yeah. In the woods and like, like slightly upstate or in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely ones you can go to in the Poconos. So yeah, I think it's going to be like a weekend, like in nature, commuting with nature and uh, maybe poop my pants. (laughs) Do they have Yelp reviews? Is it like, didn't see God this one, but I didn't trip advise it. Two stars. Yeah. The white guy with dreadlocks, negative stars. Like- <laughs> I think they're pretty secretive because I'm not even sure they're legal in the state, um, but they're definitely happening. You get like recommendations from people who've gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I now talking about this makes me really want to do it, especially Neil Brennan, because I really respect Neil Brennan, but he does seem like a Debbie Downer in his life. Mm-hmm. And so he to was. know- Straight up, I've listened to his podcast since it started, which I think is a little under two years now. And I have seen the difference in him on the podcast. Like, I can tell he's a different person from doing it. Like, little things about his personality, like he was much more combative and likely to cut off his co-host in conversation. And now he just, like, lets her speak when she disagrees with him. He's become a nicer person. It's just hard to explain unless you, like, saw it. But, like, it feels like he's, he says, like, I'm a different person. Like, I'm, like, 25% nicer. Well, Chelsea Handler, she she had that show where she tried if Chelsea tries blank, yeah. and one of them was drugs, and she went and did ayahuasca, and she was like, "I realize I'm too mean to my sister," which is like, I mean, at forty, you realize you're mean to your sister, like that's pretty bad that you it took going to the woods and shitting yeah. your pants and throwing up everywhere to be like, oh, I should not yell at my sister on the phone. But it, she also seems a lot nicer. And I, yeah. is it just the one time you only do it once? So Neil goes like every few weeks and you can go more, more than just like the one time. But I think apparently it's so powerful. A lot of times that first time people are kind of scared by it. So they avoid going again, but it also has lasting changes for a lot of people, even through going one time. Cool. Do people die from it? I haven't read that and I haven't heard that at all, but I should research that at some point. (laughs) I'd be very surprised because again, it is natural. Like no one's ever died from smoking marijuana, you know? Yeah, but I have gotten so high that I thought the Rugrats, like Rugrat cartoons were in my room. And this was years ago, but I was straight up hallucinating because I had way too, I had a bag of goldfish because I kept getting high and eating them all. And I had the entire bag and it was a serving for eight. I mean, I still went back to edibles. Like I'm not, (laughs) I wasn't, I'm not one of those who's like, oh, one time I did that and it would never again. But I, I don't like throwing up. So that's where I'd get scared. I would rather shit my pants and throw up, I think. Oh, wow. That's dicey. Yeah, I'd have to think on that one. (laughs) But again, I think it depends on like what I'm wearing and where we are and all that stuff. Like if I'm in like a big hippie moo moo, 
and I shit my muumu, I'd be like, well, I wasn't really going to keep this around anyway. So I can just like ball that up and throw it somewhere. If you know you're going to shit your pants, you got to wear. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. That's why you wear like the muumu where I'm like, this is not going past this ceremony. I already know. (laughs) This This is is my ayahuasca get up. This is why I'm not going to wear my white romper when I don't do do, do ayahuasca. I'm just going to wear my jeans and be a reasonable person. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to wear a diaper. My brother and his girlfriend bought diapers for Outside Lands, the music festival, because they both couldn't get out in time to pee at the gates or they were worried they wouldn't be able to. So they literally bought brought diapers <laughs> to pee themselves at Outside Lands. Oh, my God. And I was like, you guys are chilled. Like, that's terrible. That's but now so I'm like, gross. I should probably ask them where they bought their diapers and what size <laughs> if I'm going to go do ayahuasca. Well, now you can would... get like the Depends that look very <laughs> chic and are well cut and everything. So honestly, no one would even know. I know they have Depends that has drawn on lace, like mm-hmm. sexy Depends. I'm like, who the fuck is stripping down and is like, I wore my sexy Depends. Hey, old people need to get laid too, okay? <laughs> I, I'm they sure needs. they do with or without their diaper. You know what I mean? I don't think needs. stopping hey. to look at the details. <laughs> so you're doing all these drugs. You're polling out. When did you lose your virginity? Oh, I mean, I was old. I lost my virginity, I think, the summer after college. Nice. Damn. Were you like, I'm going to wait? Were you? No, I was just super awkward. And like, I, I would have opportunities. But because I had like no experience with drinking, I would get like whiskey dick. <laughs> like it was, it was like a, a real, a real problem. I mean, I just was like wilding in college. Between being like super like unconfident with just approaching women and then also binge drinking, it was just like not never a situation where I could like make it happen. Yeah. So now you're just like, I got to make up for lost time. No, I mean like, well, I I did in my twenties, my twenties, I went like after college, I definitely went a little buck wild, especially when I went and moved back to New York before I started doing comedy. But since then I now kind of feel it's weird to say this, but I now kind of feel I've gotten like all like that out of my system, which is strange because I'm dating more than one person. Uh, but I don't have that like, oh, I got to get laid and get some strange kind of like thing that a lot of like dudes have. I don't have I don't really have that urge. I don't know. Wait, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 43. Oh, wait, I thought for some reason I thought you were 35. Oh, let's keep going. Hold on, no. <laughs> you, you do look young. So it's like, thank you. But man, it's like, when does the libido slow down? It's like, when does it stop? Okay, for some, it does a lot in their 60s because your testosterone starts to go so far down. And like the more estrogen, the less testosterone you have. And testosterone like um, loss is just natural with aging in men. So you'll see like that kind of like that stereotype of the dad who starts to cry during commercials. That's because they have more estrogen and less testosterone. And they're also less likely to want to like run around with different women because they just don't have the same sex drive anymore. So, but, but the sad thing, the thing is now a lot of guys, like science is like fixing this where right. guys are doing ho- a testosterone replacement and because they're like blue chew and Viagra. So like, there's like now like a fountain of youth with the penis. Yeah. They yeah. fix that real quick. I'm, <laughs> it's pretty odd that a guy would want to replenish his testosterone. It's like, that's what's getting you in trouble. It is, but it is, but also like, it, I, I can imagine it feeling unsettling to just not have the same sex drive especially if you're like in this long-term marriage or you're with a woman who like has a high sex drive and to lose yours it must be terrible so i think that's a big part of it too yeah that's true well i have a fetish of the week it's called cymorophilia s-y-m-o-r-o-p-h-i-l-i-a is that someone who likes to smell poop (laughs) no But I mean, I'm uh, sure that's a thing for somebody. Yeah, (laughs) I have no idea. Skylar's in shock, disgusted silence. (laughs) No, then now I'm like, okay, well, if you are, if you are a cymorophiliac, now I know why you want to do ayahuasca. You're like, I'm hoping I poop my pants. Like, please, it's a fetish to witnessing disasters. So kind of, because it's like a poop can be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I hesitant to say no. And so I read briefly on this fetish. You know, I don't like to do a lot of research or reading at all anywhere. And a man named John Money wrote about it in 1984. And I looked this guy up because I was like, maybe we could get John Money on the podcast. <laughs> He's dead. 
he's dead but and i guess he was a pedophilia apologist because he was really into fetishes Ooh. so john money what a name but not a great guy mm-hmm. but i guess he was saying it's it's not necessarily sexual so much as it like you get a rush from the idea of a dangerous situation so a car accident or a fight going down like the idea kind of makes you it makes you excited and that could lead to arousal but this fetish can be dangerous and even fatal there's a movie about this crash yes the first crash the first crash movie is about this fetish and these people who like have this club where they like meet up and watch like car crashes or they orchestrate car crashes and like get off from it that's what that movie's about so there's two movies called Crash. There's the Oscar award-winning garbage movie that, about racism in LA that won like best picture in like, I don't know, with like, um, in like 2000, whatever. And then there's one from way earlier. It was directed by, I think Steven Soderbergh, I want to say, that's about these like freaky people who just love like car crashes and like sexually. Okay, because it said uh, like the movie Crash and I thought of the one from 2001, whatever yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I thought that was about racism. I didn't realize it was yeah. a disaster. But like, yeah, yeah. Like be a very difficult thing to tie the two together in one movie. Like, this is going to be there's... a four hour long saga. What year did that come out? I want to say it's the late 80s. Oh, late 80s. Yeah. Interesting. And so these people would orchestrate car crashes because and then they would masturbate in a circle. Well, they like have sex with each other while there's like they'd be like in a car crash while they're having sex like crazy one of them is like a couple of them are kind of like disabled because they of this fetish they get these car crashes it's insane it's amazing that you know so much about this movie yet did not know what this fetish was called (laughs) (laughs) i was saying stress gets me horny not necessarily horny but sometimes i'll lose my keys like i'll have lost my keys and i'll be looking for them for 20 minutes i have to take a break to masturbate because i'm so worked up what yeah it's crazy if i get stressed out i I need to go masturbate it's like It's so, um, it's not even about because I'm horny. I guess I'm horny because I'm so worked up, but I can't imagine looking at a car crash and being like, oh yeah, you know, sitting in like traffic. Super weird. And then, so do you have a a fetish that you think might be weird that Polly isn't a fetish, but do you have like a no fetishes? You're Uh, not a book guy? You know, what's so funny. I, so I have a friend who's in comedy, but like, isn't a comic and She's Polly also, and she's like into like BDSM and all that stuff. And I was like, I- I'd like to try that. I want to, I want to see what all the-, all the fuss is about. And also, I the girl I was dating at the time, she was kind of like into like like being tied up and like spanking and stuff. But I had never really done that stuff, so I was like, let me let me see what this is all about. So I bought one of those like restraint things for my bed from Amazon. <laughs> And then it got to my place and like, I couldn't figure out how to set it up. I finally set it up. My girlfriend comes over. She's like, let's do this. And like, she, I was just so bad at everything. Cause you have to like learn about this shit, you know, like no one talks about that. You can't just like come out the box being like a dom. <laughs> you know what I mean, like you have to like study and stuff. Instructions. <laughs> you got to read the instruction manual. Practice, yeah. It ended up being such a disaster that we both just started laughing. I just couldn't stop laughing during it. Cause it, to me, it just looked so silly. A lot of the stuff that people are into just look silly. So I don't know. Yeah. I just think being tied up for me, I would just get claustrophobic and like nervous for a second. You really have to trust your partner if you're like, yeah, tie me up and stay here. (laughs) Actually, you know what? I, I lied. I do have a fetish that I've kind of abandoned. I do like to make videotapes. But I had a bad experience with asking. <laughs> so I was just like, let me just not even ask anymore. Try to do it because and not a bad. It wasn't terrible. She was just like, oh, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was the Funny. grossest request. Pervert. <laughs> like, oh, OK. That's the last time I got. Oh, all right. But I did have a thing where I did enjoy uh, recording, uh, receiving a blowjob. That was the thing for a while. Yeah, yeah. I would be hesitant to record myself one because of the cloud two because I don't like seeing myself naked I don't think I'd be turned on by seeing my buttocks Mm. no I've never talked about this too where it's like there's porn angles and then there's actual angles and you're not comfortable hitting the porn angles like you're arching yourself in a certain way to hit those I only I only ever enjoyed recording receiving oral sex so like I was never even like interested in like angles that were other than like the main angle I was doing. Yeah. But then I had. <laughs> then but then I had that... <laughs> on my penis. 
there you go. That's the one. Uh, but <laughs> but there, I, then I had that negative experience with this one woman was like, oh, no, gross. And I was like, I'm just asking. <laughs> Consent. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, that is true. Like that stuff, if you have like a weird, like not a weird fetish, weird is a bad yeah. word, but different yeah. fetish, I guess, or something that's not common. You're like, I want to be respectful and see if they want to do it. And they're like, ew, you sick fuck. And you're like, okay, well. I've heard that this happens a lot with men who like to have a finger in their butt. I've mm-hmm. heard that like women will like shame them or like be like, oh, gross. And then they're like, okay, sorry. I guess we won't ask anything else ever again. <laughs> I had a guy, I hooked up with a guy once and he kept trying to put his finger in my butt. And the first time I was like, hey, like, no, no, thank you. And then he yeah. did it. He went for it two more times. And I was like, oh. what did I say? He was like, I don't know. I, I thought maybe you were just shy. And I was oh. like, no. <laughs> he responded Jesus. like I was the crazy one. Like, I don't Jesus know. Jesus Christ. Sometimes you got to try it to know if you don't like it. Oh, see, that is, you were just dating a bad person. I mean, I had a complete revelation only eight years ago. Changed my sexuality completely because I didn't know that I needed to have my balls licked. I had no idea. For, for the first 35 years of my life, just dry balls, rarely coming. You were like, That's I had good. to walk around my house for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then but yeah, it was really. One girl just went for it. She just went for it. And at first I was like, ah. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> it was like completely changed my whole world. And now it's like my thing. There you go. I mean, you know, some guys just drop them right in and you're like, <laughs> Who are you dating? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm really selling with the guys I've been out with. <laughs> They're like putting their fingers in places that you don't want them in. They're just dropping their nuts in your mouth with no foreplay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, These I see my mouth open and I woke up choking. <laughs> Never slept on her back ever again. <laughs> no. I have a mouth guard, not because I have to medically, but because I have to. Oh my God. <laughs> these dudes oh, god it, it does seem rapey when you say it out loud but uh Hannah, I, I forgot to tell you this is an intervention <laughs> for, you, for your dating life surprise <laughs> well it makes sense there are only two people here everyone else is like <laughs> he was asking for it <laughs> and do you have a crazy bitch of the week crazy bitch of the week has gotta be caitlin jenner what are you thinking you fucking nut nutcase come on yep. you're gonna run for governor you're the worst personality in the world that's and not gonna happen republican isn't she running republican she is and has always been a conservative republican she is anti-gay marriage which is wild she is anti-trans women competing with non-trans women, which is like an interesting topic, but it's become very controversial. But more than that, she's like a fucking worse person. She's so boring and she killed the woman with her car. I mean, mm-hmm. get out of here. She's the and worst. And then she sucked on the mass Singer, let's not forget. <laughs> and most importantly, she sucked on the mass Singer. Like, I can't imagine I mean, who's gonna vote for her. I mean, no one's going to, and apparently she hasn't done any events in the last eight days since she announced. So this is not even like a real thing, apparently. Like yeah. she just doesn't, or she doesn't understand that you have to actually run if you say you're going to run. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's also like the part where, again, she's the most boring, just watching paint dry personality. I don't know why she thought she'd have a chance when like, you can tell someone is a boring, like useless person when they were on the most popular reality show. Then they got their own spinoff reality show about becoming a, a woman and it didn't work. It got canceled. That's yeah. a boring ass person. Yeah. I mean, Kylie also got her own show that I watched and it was equally as tragic. But yeah, every time Caitlyn Jenner speaks publicly about issues, I'm like, God, I want to support you. I just don't at all. I think you're just a bad person. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. equality, trans people can also be bad people. And Caitlyn yeah, Jenner is yeah. one of them. She's uh, proving it every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that um, none of the Kardashians spoke out. Like Kylie and Kendall just were silent. Yeah. I think they know this is a horrible idea. They're like, uh, dad, we've, uh, we've met you. Kendall's like dad do you want to see my Pepsi commercial again Ugh. I I mean thank god we don't live in California thank god we don't live in California um 
So lastly, do you have one secret you don't want your mom to know? I think we know oh, it. Wow. Yeah. I think you guys know it. <laughs> but you're going to tell her. You're going to tell her. Oh, you, oh, you know, actually, I do have one. I do have one. And this is this is definitely would be much more difficult to reveal than Evie being Polly. So I was raised for my first like eight or nine years. It's pretty strict, devout Muslim. And very quickly started to cheat with pork. And my mom did not know about this. So one time in high school, I came home from, it was a, it was a summer between like sophomore and junior year. I had snuck and got a bacon, egg and cheese, this really, really good bacon, egg and cheese. And I like left half of it wrapped up in my book bag. And I came home from like playing basketball and my mom like sent me like a text message later on that night, like, either i don't know if it was a text no she left me a note this is before text she left me a note and it said khalid don't tell me you're all, you're out here eating pork i i found that sandwich in your book bag and i made up this story about how i was holding it for a friend <laughs> it could have been weed it could have been anything just, else but it was a I'm bacon just, egg and cheese i'm just holding it like it's like, like a dime bag of weed no mom those aren't my drugs i'm just holding it for a friend and she like pretended she believed me, but I think she never really believed me. Yeah. Who holds a half of someone else's sandwich in their book bag? So uh, yeah, so that was once when I wouldn't like I wouldn't want my mom to know that early age I started cheating with eating pork. And when did she start realizing you ate meat? I mean that that was probably the first her first like tip off that I was sneaking pork because um you know she she caught me with that sandwich and i made up such a bad story to explain it so i think from then on we just kind of like had a don't ask don't tell policy when it came to pork yeah she was like why couldn't it be weed why, why can you just why couldn't you just be gay yeah exactly <laughs> that's what she's gonna say when you tell her you're polished i'm like god fucking damn it i gotta meet all this <laughs> yeah that's uh, my big pork secret damn well that actually is a pretty big one pork's a yeah. real crime Okay, well, do you want to plug your handles and anything anything you have coming up? Any shows? Yes. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Khalid Says. That's K-H-A-L-I-D Says uh, on Instagram. And then at, follow at Secret Comedy Show. That is a new backyard distance um, comedy show I have twice, hopefully twice a month, but for now monthly in Brooklyn. It's so much fun. I have such great comics on the show. Uh, we got Bottomless Wine and Sangria all included in the ticket price. Great lineups, great weather, and uh, we're going to have a good time this summer. So at Secret Comedy Show on Instagram. Can't wait to be booked. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.